This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. And I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. This is episode 25, and it's our 13th weekly special COVID-19 episode. We're recording this episode via video conferencing as we continue to work remotely from our homes, so we apologize in advance for any issues with the sound quality. First up is a conversation with Jenna Osterholt, owner of the Ville Caffeine Bar on Sackville Street. She's going to share with us the challenges that the Ville Caffeine Bar has faced during the pandemic, and she will discuss the reopening process for her cafe. Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax, will give us updates on DHBC's latest advocacy efforts and two grants that DHBC has introduced recently. We'll also review what businesses have been up to since the Nova Scotia government announced on June 5th the easing of restrictions as the next steps of reopening the province. We'll then finish with what to expect when entering a business in downtown Halifax and how you can support them during this gradual re-energizing of the economy. This episode is being recorded on Monday, June 8th, 2020. Information regarding the pandemic and businesses reopening is still changing daily. To keep up to date, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. Now we begin our discussion with Alana and Jenna Osterholt, owner of the Ville Caffeine Bar. Today we are welcoming Jenna Osterholt owner of the Ville Caffeine Bar on Sackville Street. She is going to share with us the challenges that the Ville Caffeine Bar has faced during the pandemic and how they've had to pivot and adjust to the COVID-19 situation. She will also discuss her reopening process and what to expect when visiting downtown cafes and restaurants as Nova Scotia moves towards re-energizing the economy. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown, Jenna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So what inspired you to open the Ville Caffeine Bar and become a small business owner? Um, so entrepreneurship definitely runs in my family, even ever since my opa came to Canada from Holland, uh, he ran his own car dealership, my dad owns his own electrical company, my mom's been in and out of the small business, um, I guess, lifestyle, so I guess for me, it just, even as a kid, I would, like, say, I'm going to be a CEO, and I had no <laughs> idea what that meant, but it just, right. like, in my blood, I guess, um, so I went to school for commerce, studied business, and then even then that sort of helped me realize that I was an entrepreneur because I could not pick a major to save my life. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to learn everything, I wanted to know everything. So then that in itself, I was like, okay, I think I need to do my own business because I want to put my hand in every single pot. Like I don't mm-hmm. like to just be in one uh, section. So I was working at um, Bicycle Thief Serving, mm-hmm. and then I got the promotion to manage a mono. And I had never been in, like, a management position in that capacity, so I was really excited to learn and to take on the role, and I did learn a lot, and I was like, okay, great, I think I'm a good leader, like, because you don't know until you jump into it, and then it kind of just got to the point where I had saved um, some money, and I was just ready to do something on my own, so doing a small coffee shop just seemed the most it's still obviously really high risk because it is technically a restaurant, but it just mm-hmm. seems like something that I could handle on my own and just made the most sense for me and right. kept me in the restaurant industry, which I really love so much and working on my feet and with my hands. So that was kind of how the coffee, like how the coffee shop started, but it was just, I didn't know for sure. Like I never knew that I was going to be a coffee shop owner. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But I knew right. I was going to be some sort of business owner. At right. Some point. Um, but yeah, it just sort of happened very naturally. Like I've been in the restaurant industry forever and then it's like one day it just dawns on you're like, Oh, that's what I 
that's probably what I should actually do. Like, yeah, that's great. So let's do it for yourself now. Um, so that's basically the little backstory on it all. And what is the Ville exactly? Explain to us what the Ville has. So we are a coffee shop, like, I guess, like, above, above everything else, a coffee shop. But we also do, like, baked goods, and we have little sandwiches as well. But the main focus for me, for sure, is having, like, really high-quality great caffeinated beverages okay. while also not missing the mark on service so from my time with the Bertosi group like they're obviously huge on service if you've ever been to any other restaurant and I love learning from them and it made me like okay that's like something super important that needs to be in every restaurant so the Ville is a coffee shop but I think like I try to go above and beyond that and making sure that the atmosphere and the service is there as well as well as just like having the best coffee in the city so great <laughs> How has the COVID-19 situation impacted the Ville Caffeine Bar? Um, yeah, so we closed mm-hmm. for 11 weeks right after celebrating our one-year birthday. Wow. So, yep, <laughs> that was fun. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely wasn't in the business plan. Nope. No. So, and the, I guess, like, to answer it short, like, we closed. So it impacted us in every possible way that it could have. Right. So yeah, close down, just eat, like eating a lot of cheese at home, being sad, <laughs> not knowing like what the future holds. So I guess just like, yeah, the short answer is it affected us in every possible way. Right. We shut down. Um, so what steps did you take to prepare the bill for reopening? Um, so obviously like, I was just always in here, like, picking away at things. Mm-hmm. Um, I repainted the whole shop because I just wanted to, like, do a little update, mm-hmm. and I was, like, sanding everything down. So I did, like, a full deep clean of the space, sanitized everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I removed all of our seating. We have about 12 bar stools usually, so that's all removed right now. Um, we usually have, like, a water station and little mints and stuff for people to have, but those are removed right now. Right. Um, I have sanitizer out for people to come in. Um, it is, I ask people that to sanitize their hands. I have the floor marked. Um, so I'm allowing two people or like big enough for two people to stand and wait, but it's like okay. marked in your designated waiting area. So I have the sneeze guard up. And then on our front door, right when you walk in, I just kind of have that basically all outlined in detail. So right. that when you come in, like you can read that and know what to expect. And I know like, myself going out I really appreciate it because I'm like okay what are your rules like obviously I want to like abide by whatever you guys mm-hmm. do so I have that at the front door as well just to try to like put people a little more at ease mm-hmm. were there any unexpected challenges that you faced trying to reopen I I get like the most the challenging the most challenging I guess is I oh I did change the menu as well mm-hmm. um just because obviously right now everyone's facing like huge financial burdens so mm-hmm. I Like, our usual menu is super fresh, and I get fresh bread every day, so those types of things, it's like, okay, um, I don't know what's going to happen, I don't even know if one person's going to come in here, so the biggest challenge was reworking our menu in a way that was, like, takeout focused, and Mm -hmm. as well as having things on there that weren't going to go bad in one day, um, just to kind of, like, watch the bottom line, and also environmentally aware of the situation and how, like, COVID affecting the environment overall. So that was, like, definitely the biggest challenge and made me really scared because, like, new people, like, like a lot of our sandwiches. So right now I only have our one Sunrise sandwich. Mm-hmm. Kind of new thing. So I'm like, 
I was very worried that people were going to be sad, but everyone's been super great and like very, very understanding. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That that leads me to the next question. So how did your staff or customers respond to your reopening? Right. So we're a really small little shop. We're only 494 square feet, um, which was in like my original business plan. I wanted something small and manageable, mm-hmm. something I could do on my own if mm-hmm. I had to. So I guess that was me just kind of feeling up the future. Now I'm really yeah. glad I did that because I can do it on my own, but usually I have one other full-time staff and then one part-time. And my full-time staff, her name's Kara. She's amazing. Um, in May would have been her one year with us. But I've, like, she's laid off right now, um, obviously, like, mm-hmm. lost a lot of money in the last few months, actually. And then, of course, like, just coming out of winter, where most restaurants aren't doing very well anyway, like, really rely on our summer to, like, lose sales and usually make it through winter again. Um, I've just been super transparent with her. It's such a small team. Like, her and I usually work together every single day. So mm-hmm. I've just told her, like, the truth of, like, I'm going to need to go and work by myself for, like, two months and grind it out and mm-hmm. get, build some of that capital back and get us back into a place where I feel comfortable bringing you here again. And also just safety wise, it's really, it's much easier for just one person to be in here at this time. Um, so with care, I've just been super transparent and like, she obviously knows I don't want to work here all day, every day for like, you know, by mm-hmm. myself, it's not fun and it's very exhausting. So I think she, like she gets it and she knows what I'm trying to do to like, just basically save the bill and make sure we do have a future. Right. So that's how, kind of how I handled that. And then my other part-time girl, she was from Alaska, so she's back in Alaska now. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Poor thing. So she's very far away. Yeah. Um, what can customers expect when they come into the cafe now? Um, yeah, so basically, like, come in. If you can come by yourself, that's definitely more ideal just because right. of capacity but I do like we have the space out on the sidewalk or luckily we have like one of those huge sidewalks at front of the bill so you can like wait out there um but just come in as you would and order as you would and mm-hmm. check out our new menu and please sanitize your hands and I'm obviously I'm sanitizing the change every single person so every time you need to make payment like everything's been sanitized so mm-hmm. you really don't have to worry but we all got to work together so please sanitize your hands when you come in yeah. and then just stand in like their respective like take like where I have the tapes down just like stand there so that if someone else wants to come in they can but everyone's been so great like people are very aware that you know give people space and move out of the way and basically yeah they can expect the same bill but just very sanitized (laughs) (laughs) the sanitized version of version (laughs) so as a small business owner what are your thoughts around the government relief programs were any of them helpful for the bill um, I really don't like the word relief in all yeah. of this because it really was not a lot of relief. Right. I feel like that's like the wrong word. And I was trying to Google last night to find a word that kind of is like relief, but not mm-hmm. really relief. And all I could think of, I was like, it's like a duct tape sort of situation. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll put some duct tape on it and it will be fine for now. Like, but mm-hmm. that's definitely not the case. So a lot of the relief, which I don't like that word for this, but we'll use that loosely. Um, it's more or less just like debt, like taking on debt to right. finance your way through all of this, mm-hmm. which in any real world situation, if you went to the bank and said, hey, I lost my job and I don't know if it's coming back. Can I have some money, please? They would literally never give it to you. So it's like, oh, okay, you want me to take on all this debt 
And then one of my, my business still doesn't make it. So it was like very, like at the start, I just felt like there really was no relief um, until the Canada Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance came out. So I refer to that as SEFRA. It's a little easier. Mm-hmm. So with the rent assistance, I was like the first thing. I think it came out, they were talking about it at the end of April. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, okay, my gosh, yes, this actually feels like relief. Like this feels like something that is going to be helpful and helping us get back on our feet mm-hmm. and make it through all this. But then all the like the way to apply for it, all the power, I guess, was given to the landlords to apply for it. So then I was like, sitting here like, okay, well, what? Like, what if they don't apply for it? What if they don't want to apply for it? And, like, on my end and how I, like, my landlords, like, it definitely wasn't, like, we're applying, like, woo, like, super happy, Mm -hmm. like, and hopeful. It was still, like, me feeling like I really needed to pressure them to apply for it. And even to this day, like, they said now, okay, we've applied, but I have not signed anything. Like, nothing is fully confirmed yet. So it's still... I don't think I'm going to feel any sort of relief until I've actually, like, penned a paper, like, seen it in writing that, okay, like, the rent relief will be here um, and given to you. But I'm really lucky. Like, I'm in a group right now on Facebook where a lot of all the small businesses have come together just to talk about their experience and, like, what they're facing. And, like, there's tons that, A, just don't qualify at all, or the landlords have just flat out said we're not doing it. Right. And, yeah, so I just, like – Obviously, you worry about those people, but you have to worry about yourself. And mm-hmm. yeah, so that like the SECRA, the commercial rent assistance, was the first time that I thought I was getting some relief. But then it was still a whole scenario to deal with my landlords, I guess, and like getting them to agree to it. And then yeah, it's still not signed or confirmed at this point. So. Right. This is a loose term. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't think that's yeah. appropriate. Yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of mixed opinions on the, the programs yeah. that have come out. And, yeah. So what advice would you offer to other small businesses who are getting ready to reopen? Um, I think at this point, just definitely reopen. Like, just do it. You have, Like, we have to. Like, at some point, you have to reopen. So why not now? Like, I think we're at a point where the cases have been so minimal, like, zero to one cases for the last mm-hmm. two weeks now, I think, which is amazing. Like, Nova Scotia did such a great job. Um, so I think it's just, like, just do it. Just open. But take it easy on yourself um, and on your team and just ensure that you have that quality sanitization there. You have your guidelines written out. It makes everybody feel more comfortable, I think, mm-hmm. and it makes the transition a little easier. And definitely, like, keeping a big, big eye on the bottom line. So I know a lot of restaurants have sort of revamped their menu. And, mm-hmm. like, with me specifically, like, I'm just doing takeout now just so I can keep the flow of people going. So maybe that's something that you're going to, like, a business is going to continue to do. But I think it's obviously, like, different for everybody in every restaurant because I'm so small. Like, I don't really need to fill seats. But then mm-hmm. there's restaurants that are, like, 4,000 square feet and they, like, need people to sit in there, obviously. But Definitely just, like, take it easy on yourself and know that the community, like, everyone that's come into the Ville has been so understanding and supportive. So just know that that support is there for you, for sure. Right. Yeah, there's definitely a big push to support local, which is great. Yes, and that was my other thing. Like, 
push it on all your social media platforms, like any yeah. platform you have, like support local, like get out here. Yeah. We're going to have like our own local tourist season, I'm hoping. Yes, we will be, yeah. <laughs> People come out and spend your money. Yeah, spend your money here. <laughs> spend your money here, exactly. So definitely push on your, I've been pushing on my platforms, like it's very hard, like just support anywhere local, just make sure it's not leaving our country. Like even if it's just Canadian, like just try your best to shop within that realm. Thanks for joining us in Downtown Lowdown, Jenna. It's been nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's been great. Jenna Osterholt is the owner of the Ville Caffeine Bar in Sackville Street in downtown Halifax. Now reopened after the COVID-19 pandemic, the Ville Caffeine Bar is serving a variety of specialty baked goods along with a rotating coffee selection. For more information on the Ville Caffeine Bar, visit their website, www.thevillecaffeinebar.com, or check out their social media pages at the Ville Caffeine Bar on Instagram and Facebook. You can also visit them in person at 5146 Sackville Street. Their current hours are 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily. We now have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Paul will give us an update on DHBC's advocacy efforts and a couple of grants that DHBC has introduced. So, Paul, what's your update for us today? Well, there was a lot of excitement last Friday, which was June 5th. Uh, not just because it was my daughter's birthday. That was There's a lot of excitement in my house because of that. But Happy more broadly, birthday, Charlotte. Yes, yes, she says thank you. But probably of more interest to uh, most of our listeners would be the excitement around the reopening or the reawakening or re-energizing of the economy. Uh, so Dr. Strang uh, gave the word, um, I guess probably a little over a week ago, that uh, the dine-in service in particular would be uh, would be available again, as would um, you know, other services like uh, hair salons. Uh, doesn't apply much to me, but uh, other people I know are very excited about that. Um, and just kind of a general sense that businesses were, were, would, could be open for business again. Uh, and so that uh, all took place or started on, on June 5th. Of course, not every single business was closed to this and not every single business that was able to open did reopen. Uh, but certainly there was a lot of excitement around the restaurants uh, downtown, uh, particularly around Argyle Street, which is kind of, uh, you know, Restaurant Central, um, and with Argyle Street in particular, uh, Argyle was uh, was closed to vehicular traffic, or is now closed to vehicular traffic uh, as of Friday, and the intention is to have that be the case straight through until the end of September. So uh, that's going to be monitored, but that did allow the restaurants who normally have sidewalk patios and cafes to be able to extend those even further. There's a nice uh, promenade down the middle for pedestrians, and so Argyle hopefully will be a little bit of a, of a, a hotbed still uh, observing social distancing uh, but a, a bit of dining central for downtown Halifax. So that all started on Friday. So those um, patios, are they, the, are they a little bit larger than they have been, or is it the same footprint? They are. So so the way it worked uh, last year in Argyle Street is when the street is closed to vehicular traffic, uh, all the all the restaurants uh, that had patios, which is pretty much all of them on the street, uh, they're able to extend um, further out. Uh, so they usually they can add, I'm guessing, another six or seven feet uh, past where their patio is set up. And so this year, where the street is, is going to be closed uh, at all times uh, for that entire period, uh, they're able to permit, say permit, they're able to seasonally expand uh, the footprint of the patio. So, uh, which again is really important because the, the patios as well as the inside of the restaurants uh, can be at most 50% of the regular capacity. Uh, and that's even with, you know, with tables being six feet apart and, and all the other requirements. So any, any additional square footage that we could provide to any of the restaurants uh, is really useful for them. Yeah, that's great for physical distancing. Absolutely. So if, if only the weather had cooperated, uh, Saturday and Sunday weren't the best. But uh, but I came by and, and certainly there, I mean, obviously it was busier than it was uh, has been for a long time. Uh, so that, that's very exciting. And um, I know a lot of the restaurants, of course, are, you know, especially ones that, that 
that don't have patios maybe can't extend um, are, are making decisions about, you know, is it, is it in their best economic interest to bring back additional staff, serving staff, or whether they'll just continue with a takeout model. So a lot of businesses um, are still figuring out uh, what their best options are. But uh, but but overall, it's, it's, it's exciting that it feels, certainly feels like the downtown is, is much more alive than it's been uh, for quite some time. So, Paul, do you want to talk about some of uh, the grants? Um, yeah, the deadline is um, coming up uh, for those grants. So if you want to give us a, some details on that. Sure. So speaking of, of back to business, uh, there are a couple of things that, that we want to encourage and, and we know are financial challenges for our members. Uh, so in particular for, for retailers, uh, getting them involved with, with uh, e-commerce so that they can actually sell their products online has been really important. A lot of businesses have made that transition. Uh, some are still in the process of doing that. And so one of the grants that we created was an e-commerce grant. Uh, which helps pay for some of the costs of, of building that website uh, and in particular being able to, to have the components on your website that, that allow people to actually buy products uh, on the website. So that's open and available now. Uh, if you go to our website at downtownhalifax.ca, is the e-commerce grant. Um, and the other grant that we created was uh, a bit more of a general one, which is a back-to-business uh, grant, which really uh, recognizing that uh, as businesses you know, reopen or expand their opening uh, there are additional costs that come with that, whether that's that's uh, PPEs for their staff or selling plexiglass shields or, you know, have, you know putting down floor decals or other signage to encourage uh, both employees and, uh, and customers to social distance. Um, there are there are some extra costs associated with that. And so this is a, a grant that uh, helps cover some of those costs. Uh, it's, it, uh, both of these grants are available to any member. Uh, we, we fully expect that there'll be more applicants than there will be grants uh, available, in which case we'll, we'll have to Take all the ones that have, all the applications that have come in and, uh, and, uh, you know, all the ones that are eligible. We may have to do some random selection, uh, but certainly we're encouraging, uh, all businesses, uh, that, that, uh, that are applicable to, uh, to go on our website and apply for those grants. It's a, it's a very easy, um, application process. So we wanted to make it as, as simple as we could, um, and, uh, and get that money out to businesses in a, in a pretty efficient manner. So the deadline for the two grants, the e-commerce and the back-to-business grant, is June 17th. So if you're planning on applying for those two grants, uh, that's the deadline. So there are other grants that uh, DHBC has. Um, can you talk about that, Paul? Sure, yes. So so unrelated to the, the current pandemic, there's a, a grant program we created a couple of years ago called the Gritty to Pretty Grant. Uh, and there's a couple of different components to that. So these are grants, um, they're, they're larger grants, and they're available to anyone that wants to apply. Uh, and essentially, they're around beautifying uh, the downtown core. So whether that's through uh, facade lighting, whether that's through a mural, whether that's creating a, an interesting uh, scene area like a bench um, or whatever, it really could be anything. Um, well, we're, we're taking applications for that as well. The deadline for those grants uh, is June 12th. So there's a little bit of time uh, to get those in. Uh, and we do fully anticipate that, that there will be uh, groups and individuals interested in, uh, you know, in, in creating some, some really interesting signature projects. Um, and in some ways it's actually uh, a great opportunity because there's, there's few people around. So in some cases it's, it's easier. And some of these can be very large scale. I think back to some of the murals uh, that were, that were created around downtown last year. Um, uh, you know, make a huge impact. And so uh, we really encourage people to take a look at that, um, uh, you know, particularly artists, uh, and we can help you with uh, with completing those projects uh, financially. So uh, that's an exciting program that we run every year, and um, we've created some really, really fantastic uh, art pieces and, and projects over the past couple of years. Yeah, and information can be found on our website, downtownhalifax.ca. Uh, the e-commerce and back to business, you can find links right from our front page. And for the Gritty to Pretty, it's downtownhalifax.ca slash gritty to pretty. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for talking to us today. Thank you for allowing me to talk to you today.
We were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Denton Halifax Business Commission. He updated us on DHBC's advocacy efforts and talked about some of the grants that DHBC introduced. Downtown Halifax Business Commission is committed to providing the latest information to DHBC members to help businesses through these challenging times. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, DHBC is following the directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority and is asking the businesses in downtown Halifax to do the same. DHBC has three resource pages for businesses and for the public. For the main COVID-19 business resource page, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. For what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca. .ca/open to find out how businesses are staying connected to the community, customers and clients, go to downtownhalifax.ca/connect. On March 22, 2020, the province of Nova Scotia declared a state of emergency. The Nova Scotia government has extended that state of emergency to June 14, 2020. Police are authorized to enforce orders under the Protection Act related to self-isolation and physical distancing and can issue summary offense tickets to those not adhering to these orders. On May 27th, Premier Stephen McNeil and Dr. Robert Strang, Chief Medical Officer of Health for Nova Scotia, announced the next steps towards reopening the province. Effective June 5th, most businesses required to close under the public health order were allowed to reopen. Businesses must follow protocols in the plan that is tailored to their sector. This includes following public health protocols to ensure physical distancing, increased cleaning, and other protective measures for staff and customers. The following were allowed to open if they were ready and chose to do so. Restaurants for dine-in, as well as takeout and delivery, bars, wineries, distilleries, and tap rooms. Personal services such as hair salons, barbershops, spas, nail salons, and body art establishments. Fitness facilities such as gyms, yoga studios, and climbing facilities. Veterinarians, but however, lounges are not permitted to reopen at this time. The childcare sector will be able to reopen on June 15th. Other health providers were also allowed to reopen on June 5th, provided they follow the protocols in their colleges and associations plans, as provided by public health. These include dentistry and other self-regulated health professions, such as optometry, chiropractic, and physiotherapy. Unregulated health professions, such as massage therapy, podiatry, and naturopathy. Existing public health directives around physical distancing remain in place. People must keep two meters apart or six feet. On May 29th, the province announced a new gathering limit of 10. The gathering limit applies to things like social gatherings, arts and culture activities like theater performances and dance recitals, faith gatherings, and sports and physical activities. It also applies to businesses whose main function is gatherings such as theaters, concerts, festivals, and sporting activities, and to businesses that are too small to ensure physical distancing. Outdoor weddings and funeral services can have gatherings of 15 people and pools can begin maintenance to prepare for opening. View full notices and other recently lifted restrictions from the Nova Scotia government at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. These were just some of the measures that may affect businesses, visitors, or workers in downtown Halifax. To support businesses that are currently open, recently opened, and those planning to reopen, or expand their services, the province has developed an online resource at novascotia.ca slash reopen dash nova dash scotia. The site provides information to help businesses begin to develop plans and procedures to keep themselves, their staff, and the public safe. Next, we have a few Halifax Transit updates. Halifax Transit has increased ferry capacity from 25 passengers per trip to 40 passengers per trip. 
Passengers are asked to monitor physical distancing and should avoid positioning themselves immediately next to other passengers. Effective June 8th, the following service increase will go into effect for Alderney Ferry. 30-minute service on weekdays from 6.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. 30-minute service on weekends from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. There are no changes to Woodside Ferry service at this time. Service will remain at 30-minute frequency during peak period on weekdays. Effective Monday, June 22nd, conventional bus service will be increased to 84% of normal operating levels. Currently, service is operating at 63% of normal operating levels. I'd also like to take this moment to remind listeners that we are recording this episode on Monday, June 8th, 2020. Alana is up next with what to expect when going into an establishment and how the public can support businesses in downtown Halifax. Alana, what do you have for us? Thanks, Ivy. Hi, everyone. As we have already discussed, Friday, June 5th was the day that businesses that were mandated to close were allowed to reopen. And many other businesses that were not mandated to close but did so for the safety of their staff and patrons also started reopening. It was a busy and exciting weekend in downtown Halifax, and the business community was very happy to welcome people back downtown. And I just want to remind people that some businesses that have been closed or operating in a reduced capacity since the COVID-19 pandemic started are not necessarily ready to reopen. Some are delaying their reopening dates so they can better prepare their space and employees. I'd recommend that you either call ahead or check online first before venturing out. First, I'm going to quickly review some of the new safety measures that many businesses are implementing in order to ensure that they're providing the safest possible environment for staff and customers. They include limited occupancy depending on size of store or business. Restaurants are only allowed 50% capacity, so keep that in mind. If you think that a restaurant or patio doesn't look busy but you are turned away, they may be at their capacity. Many businesses now have controlled access at entry and exit points, and some places even have touchless entrance and exits, so staff will open and close the doors for you. Each business has their own social distancing guidelines that will be posted in and outside of their space, so pay attention for signage and notices. In restaurants, tables will be two meters apart. Menus may either be laminated and wiped down between use, single-use prints, or available on your mobile device. Tables may not be set when you sit down. Staff will bring dishware to the table as needed. Washrooms will have reduced capacity, and all services will be sanitized after use. Staff may be wearing protective equipment, including gloves and or masks, and many businesses may ask that customers wear masks also. Most stores will have hand sanitizer stations set up for staff and customers to use and may insist that you sanitize your hands when entering their business. Many places are asking that customers or clients come alone to shop or to their appointments. Many restaurants are asking that you dine within your bubble. Many restaurants and stores have installed plexiglass shields at cashier stations. All establishments have increased their cleaning and sanitization procedures. Most places are not accepting cash for the foreseeable future. Make sure you have credit or debit card to pay. And one last thing, many businesses are adding a COVID surcharge on services to help cover the cost of extra cleaning and PPE supplies. So don't be surprised if you see that on your bill. For retail stores selling clothing that you can try on, any item of clothing that has been tried on and not purchased will have to be sanitized before being put back on the rack. Most stores will have their own method for doing this, so check with staff on what you should do. And as businesses start to either expand their services or reopen, remember to be patient. This is new territory for everyone right now, and as businesses adjust to new protocols and procedures, keep in mind that they are doing their best and need support during this rebuilding phase. So here's a list of businesses that have reopened or are reopening this week for in-person service. I'm just listing off businesses that are reopening for the first time since the COVID pandemic began in March. The full list is much longer, and you can view the full list at downtownhalifax.ca open. 
So let's start with food and drink establishments. Barrington Steakhouse and Oyster Bar is opening for in-person dining on June 10th. Del Maurizio Fine Dining has reopened and their patio is also open. East of Grafton Tavern at Argyle Street has reopened. They also have a patio. Grounded Coffee Bar and Historic Properties has reopened for takeout service. Henry House is reopening for in-person service on June 10th. Layers Cakes is reopening for takeout on June 11th. Pickford and Black and Historic Properties has opened for in-person dining, and they have also have a large patio right on the waterfront. Roxbury Urban Dive Bar on Grafton Street is open for in-person service. Salty's on the Halifax Waterfront has reopened, and they have a large patio overlooking the waterfront. Sea Smoke Restaurant and Bar in Bishop's Landing has reopened again, along with their patio. Severn Goat Beer Garden on the waterfront reopened for the season on June 8th. And the Severn Goat Rooftop on the corner of Grafton and Blowers, right above Sicilian Pizza, is also open for the season. The Mercantile Social has reopened. They also have a large patio that overlooks Lower Water Street. The Maxwell's Plum is opening again on June 11th. The Old Triangle Irish Ale House is reopened. And finally, the Waterfront Warehouse is also reopened for in-person dining, and they have a large patio right on the waterfront. Again, that's just a portion of the restaurants that have reopened. You can view the full list at downtownhalifax.ca slash open. Turning to retail, many of the stores in Scotia Square and Historic Properties have reopened again. For Scotia Square, you can follow at Scotia Square on Instagram to keep up to date with the stores that have reopened and their new physical distancing guidelines. In Historic Properties, Northern Waters, Knitwear and Tartan, and Carrefour Atlantic Emporium have both reopened for in-person shopping. Biscuit General Store in Argyle Street opened this past weekend with reduced hours. You can follow at Biscuit General on Instagram to keep up to date. Fireworks Gallery on Barrington Street reopened with reduced hours. You can check them out on Facebook at Fireworks Gallery Halifax for more information. Redefined Jewelry also reopened on June 5th for in-person service with reduced hours. They are located in Bishop's Landing. Visit at Frida Fine on Instagram for more details. Moon Moon Cosmetics in Bishop's Landing has also reopened. Follow at Moon Moon Cosmetics on Instagram for more information. And Taz Records on Grafton is reopened again for in-person shopping just in time for Father's Day. You can follow at Taz Records on Instagram for updates. In terms of personal care services, Interlude Spa in the Marriott Harborfront Hotel is reopening June 8th. Follow at interlude.spas on Instagram for the new safety guidelines. Spirit Urban Spa is also reopening on June 8th. Visit spiritspa.ca for information on the new COVID-19 protocols. And the 10th spot on South Street is reopening on June 10th. Follow at x.halifax for information. And that's it for my list of businesses reopening for today. You can view a full list of businesses that are open for in-person service, takeout, curbside pickup, and or local delivery at downtownhalifax.ca slash open. And if you're a business in downtown Halifax and you are either reopening or making changes to the way you are operating, let us know and we'll help you get the word out. Email communications at downtownhalifax.ca. And just two more things quickly before I go. Develop Nova Scotia is launching Reopen City, a revamp of I Love Local's Open City. Reopen City is a celebration of all the entrepreneurs and small businesses that make our community so special, vibrant, and exciting. This year, it will be running four weekends from June 27th to July 19th. All local businesses are welcome to participate. Visit opencityhalifax.ca for more information and to register. And finally, Downtown Halifax launched a partnership with Get in the Loop Halifax a few weeks ago. Get in the Loop is a free app that delivers exclusive deals and promotions directly from businesses to your phone. We have over 25 businesses featured in the Downtown Halifax Loop now, so you can download the free app today. And if you're a business in Downtown Halifax that would like to be on the app, please email communications at downtownhalifax.ca for more information. And that's it for me. That concludes our special COVID-19 edition of Downtown Lowdown, episode 25, recorded on June 8th, 2020. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca 
and thanks for listening. 